In the professional landscape, certain vocations demand an unwavering commitment to continuous learning and development. Lawyers, physicians, and certified public accountants are held to a rigorous standard of regularly updating their knowledge and skills, ensuring that they remain at the forefront of their respective fields. Across various industries, the impact of proficient leadership is unmistakable. Approximately one-third of employees report negative attitudes toward their superiors. In light of the critical role that leadership plays in organizational success and the parallel with the established professions like law, medicine, and accounting, it is high time to reevaluate our approach to leadership development. There needs to be a paradigm shift, one that treats leadership as a true profession, demanding continuous education and refinement of skills. This is our topic today. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zanger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to that 90th percentile of effectiveness. Welcome to 2024. My co-host today is leadership expert and guru, Jack Sanger. Hello, Bri. This is a great topic, one that I've thought about a lot lately. Yeah, I've I've loved kind of the back and forth conversations you and Joe have been having about this and the article that you wrote. I was really moved by it and I thought, you know what, this this is a great topic for us to start off our year. So People Management, a publication in the UK, they reported that more than a quarter of managers have never had any formal training on how to manage people, yet that is their job as a manager. We've also cited our research on this podcast that we found that the leaders in our database go several years before they get any sort of guidance or leadership training. We've talked about this before, that average age, when we first did the study, it was 42. When we updated the research, it got worse. It went to 46. So this is a big problem. We need to start (laughs) viewing leadership a little bit differently and the skills that are required to be successful. So uh, start us off, Jack. Well, years ago, many years ago, I was in a meeting at a very prominent Silicon Valley high-tech firm. An upper middle manager got up before his peers and he recounted in some detail how he had embarked on a personal mission to become a better leader, drawing inspiration from the illustrious Benjamin Franklin. He he meticulously had crafted a development plan for himself, and he prominently displayed that on his desk. And I'll never forget the audience's reaction ranged from kind of awe and astonishment. They they had never seen such uh, an initiative on the part of an individual be, be so, you know, clearly evident. Senior management had invited him to speak, obviously, because they they had become aware of his his actions, and they thought it was so exceptional as well. So fast forward now 50 years, and it appears that that little has changed. It remains a rare occurrence for leaders to proactively, on their own, initiate deliberate efforts to enhance their own leadership skills. Many leaders prefer to stay informed through you know, passive means, such as reading books and articles or listening to a podcast, 
but very few undertake a committed journey of continual improvement throughout their careers. And we contend that by embracing a more structured and proactive approach to leadership development, organizations can not only foster more effective leaders, but they can also create healthier and more productive work environments for all their employees. Absolutely. So the research that we've done has this surprising insight that, you know, transcends these, of course, there are individual success stories. This does happen. But we found a gradual decline in leadership effectiveness as individuals age. And when we've talked about this, especially on social media, and so many people in the comments on LinkedIn were like, that's just ageism. Like, that's a really blanket comment. And how dare you? Like, that's not true. And it's like, look, we're not making up these numbers. Like, this this happens. And we're, yes, of course, there's people who are effective. But as an overall group, this is a little alarming that we see that people are declining when they're supposed to probably get better with time, right? Absolutely. And, and certainly there are exceptions to the rule but or, or to that general trend. But the data would say there is this gradual glide path uh, as people age. So we, we argue that leadership development is a dynamic process. It demands a proactive approach from managers and that without some structured plan for personal growth and development, leaders do really risk falling behind. And I should mention too, this is a very large sample. This is not a general statement of like, we we talked to 50 leaders. Like this is big. <laughs> this is a really big thing. We should be alarmed. So where where should we start? If we this is a big problem for organizations, we need to start earlier. Where to begin? You know, I think you begin by examining your organization's current priorities and strategic objectives. Engage in conversations with the key people in the organization, your key stakeholders, including the most senior management and your colleagues, your peers, your team members, to gain a very comprehensive understanding of the challenges and opportunities facing your organization. Identify the two or three areas that align with your organization's goals and where improvements are needed. I think these serve as the foundation of your development plan. And I would emphasize, learn what, what is unique about your organization. What, is, what are the beliefs that are unusual or the point of view that's kind of maybe contrarian to, to the conventional wisdom? That's what gives you a distinctive strategy. And I would, I would say we should quickly add that Effective leadership development is not solely focusing on what the organization needs. It's also, what about you? What do you need? Where are your opportunities for growth and and greater passion? Reflect on your own desires and your own aspirations as a leader. And what aspect of your role do you feel most passionate about improving? And then select those areas that really resonate with your personal values and, and your vision for your own leadership journey. Your enthusiasm will be a major driving force in your development efforts. I like that. I like that there is some control that the individual can have. Like that example 
you gave of years ago in Silicon Valley of that guy being like, you know what, maybe I'm not getting this kind of development, but I, I want to be a better leader. So I'm going to come up with my own plan. So one of my favorite parts of the Extraordinary Leader 360 degree assessment that Sanger Folkman offers is the section that we have that is importance rankings. So when you take your 360, you rank four different leadership behaviors that you believe are most important to your job. And then all of your survey respondents, like your direct reports or peers or boss, they also rank what they think is the most important leadership traits for your job. And it's really interesting to gather those insights. So Joe took a large sample of around 2,300 leaders, and he looked at these importance rankings from the leaders and also their passion rankings, and he combined them. So the list we're about to talk about is this great list from a huge global data set of leaders in different industries, and it's a good look at what type of behaviors are trending right now. What does leadership in 2024 look like? What are the biggest challenges we are grappling with today, as well as, you know, these leaders' futures aspiration and areas where they're eager to develop. So we're going to go over this top 10 competencies list that has emerged. Yeah, you know, it was fascinating that when um, Joe Folkman looked at this combination of importance rankings and the individual's passion and use that as the as the foundation rather than looking at how capable were they or what were their what were their strongest competencies it did create a fascinating new new priority list and the first one was solving problems and analyzing issues let's face it there's just in every organization there's no shortage of problems to solve and leaders <laughs> are faced every day with a constant set of new problems that they need to, to kind of resolve. So every leader is barraged by one problem or another in an unending stream. And some are solved and others are ignored and others are kind of delayed. And, and certainly technology has increased the speed at which these problems occur and our ability to, to resolve them. Both need to be addressed. And this is why, in my opinion, this skill ends up being ranked number one. Which is kind of surprising, right? Because it's not usually ranked number no. one, but now in in what we've been through in the past few years, it's risen up there. Well, and, and especially when you say what's important to the organization and to the individual uh, and, and where, is their, where is their most passion and, and energy. The second one is no surprise. Um, that was our old faithful friend, Drives for Results. Consistently <laughs> delivering on commitments is the hallmark of a successful leader. And, and meeting and exceeding goals not only contributes to the organization's success, but it also safeguards a leader's career and standing within their company. It's the tried and true. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> So another one that has risen a lot in recent years is collaboration and teamwork. We seem to have shifted a little bit from this individualistic mindset to one that promotes more teamwork within organizations. It's not just this individual success. It's the team, right? We've, we've adopted this language and mindset. And what's amazing is that one of the lowest scored areas in our recent 360 assessment was 
resolves conflict within the work group. Lowest scored. And and from a pool of over 2,400 people, 25% seemed to lean more towards working independently rather than collaboratively. And that's that's a lot of people. So organizations want this team base, but we're still kind of seeing individuals who are pulling against that. But organizations thrive when leaders and teams work together, even in a culture where individual performances may be assessed and rewarded more. I think... I think it's possible that the pandemic has really exacerbated this, that as people worked more from home and worked more independently, this uh, this practice of being more collaborative and working as a team member really did suffer. Yes. And the next one, which is usually always in the number one spot, but for this list, it's actually number four, which is very kind of surprising and interesting. And it is our tried and true inspires and motivates others to high performance. Today's employees, they are seeking more than just a job. They want to be a part of a meaningful mission. And we've really heard that, especially from the younger generations. And the other day I listened to an interview with Walmart CEO, Doug McMillan. There was a big shift where they started listening a lot more to their employees to turn things around from the way things were and started to be more people focused. He spoke about the wage investments that they made. And one day he went to New York and the market cap after they made these wage investments went down $20 billion because of it. And he said that was a tough day in one way. But he also said it was one of the best days of his career when he was able to announce those wage increases for associates and to be able to invest in his people, um, even though Wall Street didn't like it. And effective leaders, they inspire and motivate their people to perform at their best. They create this sense of purpose and engagement. They invest in their people. And and that kind of brave and people-focused leadership is what really inspires people who are working day to day and understand, you know, there's something bigger than maybe just the groceries they're selling in that store. So the next item that came up from this uh, new body of research was building positive relationships. You know, these are the foundations of a cohesive organization. And, And our research strongly indicates that they are the prerequisite for excelling in many other skills, making them essential for organization success. It's like it has a catalytic effect on many other leadership capabilities. Number six item on our list was high integrity and honesty. You know, ethical leadership is just a non-negotiable quality in the modern workplace. Fairness, equity, inclusion, these are paramount, and leaders are expected to set the example by following the rules and promoting an ethical culture. The number seven item on our list was develops strategic perspective. You know, strategic thinking is not just limited to the top executives. Every leader should understand and contribute to the organization's strategy. And then aligning organizational goals with the individual's goals is crucial at all levels. What's truly unique about your organization? What is it that it believes that is really unusual? as I said earlier, even contrarian to what other people kind of think about. Uh, Focusing attention to that 
is the real key. The number eight quality. And Jack, what I think is interesting about the fact that strategic perspective is on this list for importance and passion, like people, people have passion around sharing their ideas and kind of looking outside of the box and seeing what kind of difference that they can bring to their organization. Number eight is develops others. I love that it is on this list that they they want it. They need it. They want to have a career, not just a job. So leaders who invest in the growth and development of their team members are not only personally rewarded, but also they're contributing to the organization's productivity and success. And recognizing your career aspirations and providing support is a hallmark of really great leadership. And it bonds people together when you know that your boss is looking out for you, they care for you, and they want you to get better. Number nine is communicating powerfully. Effective communication is a skill that we've talked about. This skill can be improved with minimal effort. Like, do it because it doesn't take much to do. And I was reading a great HBR article the other day from a team effectiveness advisor. Her name is Leanne Davey. And she said, and this is why it stuck out to me. She said, teams have kind of become lazy sometimes. Sometimes they do. And they fall into these communication patterns with each other that dilute connection over time. So she gave three questions to consider if you think maybe my team is kind of fallen victim to this with communication. So first question to ask, can you reset your communication channels? Meaning, are you defaulting to the wrong modes of communication? And she gave an example like, okay, you're using Zoom for information sharing and email for debates. That might be a little bit counterproductive to do the email debates and it creates a lot of emails, which people already have too many, right? Maybe we should switch those around. There are richer communication methods for novel content and contentious discussions. The second question, what warrants synchronous communication. I don't know if you felt this, Jack, but the amount of meetings has doubled since the pandemic for a lot of people. Uh, So it's crucial to identify which types of information can be shared asynchronously. And the last is question that you can ask your team is, how could you implement blackout periods? So beyond meetings, We get all these influx of emails and that can be overwhelming. My husband comes home and he's like, I'm only 250 emails behind today. And that's just demoralizing, right? Of like, I had 14 meetings today and I'm behind 300 emails. So enforcing these blackout periods where notifications are turned off can create really valuable uninterrupted work time that people need to get into that state of flow. So increasing opportunities for focus, distraction-free work they can really enhance um, productivity and team well-being. And I, I love that kind of blackout because the problem is, is, is if someone's on vacation, and I've been guilty of this, of telling people in the email, don't look at this. I know you're on vacation, but I just need to get this off my chest, so I'm sending it to you. <laughs> but please don't read it. But you know, like, the temptation is there. They might they might read it. Right. Um, right. So... I love those suggestions because sometimes we think of, oh, I want to be a better communicator, meaning I need to communicate more. And this really opened my eyes of, oh, maybe I need to communicate less and I need to find different ways of communicating 
to my people right. that makes it better. Yes. And the final item on this, uh, this list was making decisions. In our very data-rich environment, leaders need to strike this balance between making decisions promptly and making them wisely and accurately. Hesitation and rush decisions based on incomplete data can have detrimental effect on both the individual and on the organization. And leaders who focus on developing these skills will be better equipped to navigate the challenges and the opportunities of our contemporary world. In summary, leadership should be treated, again, as a genuine profession, demanding ongoing education and skill requirement, just like the law or accounting or, or medicine. And so we need to keep updated in that, in that endeavor. Consider just the transformative power that effective leadership has in organizations. It elevates them to new heights, it fosters innovation, it inspires teams, it helps to you know, shape thriving work environments. And yet, you know, there's a shadow side, a pervasive narrative of discontent among employees subjected to poor leadership. So again, the top leadership companies revealed in this latest research provide a good roadmap for personal growth. Leaders who align their goals with these competencies will not only enhance their personal effectiveness, but also contribute to a healthier work environment. So it's time for leaders to commit to continuous development, raising the bar for leadership excellence and creating better organizations and workplaces worldwide. If you're wanting to talk about your leadership goals and plans for 2024, you can always contact us at info at The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was produced by Zanger Folkman. At Zanger Folkman, we're passionate about empowering leaders and driving organizational success through our innovative leadership development programs, assessments, and coaching products. If you're eager to explore customized leadership training for your organization, feel free to reach out to us at info at or simply click the link in our episode notes for more information. There, you'll also find the links to all the research featured in this episode. Your support has fueled our growth over these past few years, and we're thankful for your recommendations to all of your friends and coworkers. If you haven't yet, a positive review would mean the world to us. You can connect with us on our LinkedIn podcast page or suggest topics to us via info at zfco.com. Thanks again for listening to the 90th percentile.